1: This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Alexco Resource Corp. First quarter conference call and webcast. As a reminder, all participants are in listen only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Katina Cordero, Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Good morning. Today is Thursday, May
2: 14, 2020, and I welcome you to the Alexco Resource 2020 first quarter conference call. This call is being webcast live and can be accessed through our website at alexcoresource.com. An archive of the call will be available later today on our website in the events and webcast section. Our website also contains our most recent news releases and our financial statements for the quarter ended March 31, 2020. All amounts mentioned today are in Canadian dollars, unless otherwise indicated. Today, our chairman and CEO, Clint Neumann, will discuss our most recent quarterly results. He will be joined by our president, Brad Trau, and our CFO, Mike Clark, during the question-and-answer period. Before we start, I remind everyone but some statements made today may constitute forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. Past performance discussed today is not indicative of future results, and our business involves a number of risks that could cause results to differ from projections. Investors are encouraged to review the disclosures pertaining to risks that can be found in our most recent regulatory filings available on our website and on CEDAR and EDGAR. I will now leave you with Clint
3: Nauman. Uh, thank you, Katina, and uh, thank you to uh, everybody who's uh, joining us today. Um, I'm going to try and make this an abbreviated uh, discussion or review of the first quarter, so that we can move on to the Q and A uh, session. I'll leave plenty of time for that. So, in the first quarter, the onset of COVID, uh, COVID-19, pan- the COVID-19 pandemic, and the resulting implementation of measures to protect the health and safety of our employees and our communities uh, has clearly taken priority, and as a result, it has slowed our development at Keno Hill during the first quarter, as you would expect. However, in this environment, we're still able, we're still able to achieve several milestones, and we remain focused on our overall strategy to move Keno Hill back into production. On the financial and corporate front, Um, We reported net income of $12 million in the first quarter or 10 cents per share. The net income comprises an $8 million gain on the sale of Alexco Environmental Group and a uh, non-cash $8.1 million gain on an embedded derivative related to the the wheat and precious metal stream, which was offset um, by G&A and uh, and, uh, mine site uh, care maintenance. We finished the quarter with cash and cash equivalents of 22.3 million and net working capital of 23.22. Sorry, we had cash and cash equivalents of 22.3 million and net working capital of 23.2 million at the end of the quarter. And our restricted cash and deposits ended the period uh, with 3.1 million. With respect to the sale of AEG for $13.3 million cash, It's important to note that Alexa retained the ELSA Reclamation and Development Company, which will continue to execute the cleanup of historical mines in the Keno Hill District under its existing contract with the Government of Canada. And we also completed a public offering during the quarter issuing 4.7 million common shares at $1.85 per share for cash proceeds of 7.8 million. On the operations front, um, we implemented our COVID-19 response and management plan. We suspended underground de- with that we suspended, we suspended our underground development plans at Flamer Moth and Birmingham. but we were able to uh, we do maintain these mines um, and other assets across the district in a development or construction ready mode. During this period, access to Keno Hill has been and continues to be restricted and a strict protocol for incoming staff from outside the Yukon includes a 14-day mandatory quarantine and health assessment prior to entering site. We have a crew of Yukon, Yukon Yukon-based crew of employees that are continuing to advance key mill refurbishment and surface capital improvement projects, while the engineering and planning work is being completed remotely by quote-unquote non-essential workers and during this period we've also made several key hires and secured long-term lead items including mine equipment and other capital and structure components that will be deployed across the site on the exploration front in early march we completed a district-wide detailed airborne geophysical program which was a follow-up from the 2018 and expansion of the 2018 program which was was particularly successful, and so the results from this most recent program will be used for target generation and ranking for longer-term exploration planning in the district. Also, our 2020 surface exploration program has been revised uh, with our uh, revision of plans here, and the commencement of that program is being deferred until mid to late summer, we're hoping in July. The new program will cover at least 4,200 meters of uh, drilling, and we'll focus that uh, at the Birmingham deep target uh, to follow up on the wide, high-grade mineralization that we discovered at depth um, last year. On the permitting front, um, it was uh, on February the 19th that we completed the public consultation process for the renewal and expansion of uh, Keno Hill's border license in the wake of the uh, uh, COVID-19 crisis. Services in the Yukon have been operating at a reduced capacity. However, we are confident that the Yukon Water Board will deliver a decision later this quarter, which should clear the way for us to make a final production decision. And finally, as you all know, the unprecedented fiscal stimulus deployed by governments around the globe to fight off the effects of COVID-19 will in our opinion inevitably generate currency devaluation and a flight to hard assets. In this environment, precious metals should do well and we believe that silver, as is usually the case during crises, will outperform gold in the longer run. We remain focused on restarting Kino Hill and, continued, and to continue generating value for our shareholders. As always, I'd like to thank you for your continued support and confidence and look forward to reporting our program progress as we become Canada's only primary silver mine. So with that, that uh, I'd like to open the uh, call to uh, questions. Operator?
1: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. To join the question queue, please press star, then one now. Our first question comes from Jake Skolesky of Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead.
4: Hey, Clinton team. Thanks for taking my questions, and I hope everybody's well. Are, are you able to detail some of the mill refurb- refurbishments you completed during the quarter? Um, I'm just trying to get a handle on how far along you are in the phase one portion of of the two phase ramp up program you've talked about.
3: Yeah, let uh, let Brad uh, answer that. He's uh, up to speed with uh, everything that's going on on site.
5: Um, yeah, Jake. Um... Maybe just by way of background, you know we still do have uh, about twenty five to thirty um, employees that are based out of Keno Hill working a you know their normal two week in two week out rotation. Again, these are all Yukon based employees um, but with respect to the mill, um, you know most of the focus has been on on two of the bigger projects, which is the uh, the filter press. Um, and again, this is the um, an additional uh, press to increase our filtering capacity. Um, and then the second uh, major project that's that's underway that we're making progress on is our is our concentrate uh, regrind mills. Um, um, in addition to that, we still have the uh, the secondary ball mill um, again that that's on site. But for the most part, um, over the last I guess six to eight weeks, most of the progress has been on the uh, on the filter press and, and the regrind mills.
4: Okay, that's helpful. And I, I guess building off of that, have there been any backlogs in procuring equipment or, or any of the long lead items uh, that you might need in the
5: second half of this year? Um, we we did initially see some uh, some delays in some equipment um, from from China um, that, uh, um, that 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 uh, again back in early March uh, once this uh, you know the, once the COVID nineteen you know became pretty obvious uh, but those have since been lifted. Um, and it seems the supply lines have, you know, have kind of opened up since then. So we're not seeing any any delays there. Um, on, on the underground mining equipment, we have secured a couple of uh, a couple of new loaders, underground uh, uh, loaders. Um, and again, uh, we have not seen any, uh, I guess, any delays in the supply chain from those.
4: Okay, that's good to hear.
5: Um and then just lastly, more of a
4: housekeeping item, is, is the decision to defer exploration more of an internal decision or is exploration restricted by the government right now?
3: No, Jacob, it's totally internal decision. Um we just thought it was the prudent thing to do. Um it's uh it, it it's uh you know more efficient if we can launch into that program without these restrictions. That being said, if the restrictions continue. Um we will sequester um our drill crews on site, and uh, certainly our drill contractor is prepared to do that, so it's gonna get going here um as I say, it'll be delayed. We're hoping that some of these restrictions are lifted by then, but if they're not um we have a plan in place to uh, to mitigate that
4: okay so so based on where we are right now the the go ahead kind of rests with with you right now.
3: Uh, well, no, it's, it's well. It's essentially authorized at this point. So, uh, yeah, our guys are, uh, you know, uh, getting the pieces together um, to launch into that program. We say mid to late summer. We're hoping it's going to be probably in, sometime in July, early August.
4: Okay, perfect. That's all on my end. Thanks again.
1: Our next question comes from Mike Nighouser of Scarsdale Equities. Please go ahead.
0: Uh hi Clint and Brad. Um just to follow up on that uh with the phase 1 uh is that uh I'm trying to get an idea of what that cost, remaining cost and time to complete that. Uh is that we're about 30 days out from completing that, I'm guessing.
3: Uh, yeah.
5: Uh, um want to no, take that go ahead, or, uh, Yeah, no, it's uh I mean it's it, it, there's still a, a couple of key key components uh, Mike that we're waiting on on final uh, final delivery um you know so you know i, I would say right now the schedule is, is really driven by um by the ability of our kind of Yukon based and you know uh, uh, crews and employees at site to uh, to make progress on the work so you know certainly we could ramp up activities once some of these travel restrictions are 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 lifted um you know we will not be able to complete all of our uh, i guess projects internally without the use of third-party contractors so um again once we i i think uh make the final decision and some of these travel restrictions are lifted and we're able to bring in third-party contractors we can complete you know those remaining projects you know certainly within kind of a 60 to you know 90 day period
0: great well that makes sense um what what would be the remaining cost to complete the phase one?
5: Well, again, uh, I, I, mean, I think it's uh, you know dependent on you know how much of your your holding cost and sunk cost. I mean, I, I'm sure you appreciate we're not necessarily going about this in the, you know, you know based on the original s- uh, schedule um, in in terms of. Of, of some of the restrictions and delay um, that we have here, um, you know we are putting together some optimization plans, kind of reviewing our mine plans, um, looking at some updated capital costs um, I, I think the best answer is that you know the cost to um, from from now going forward to, to begin first concentrate production is still pretty consistent with what uh, with what we published in the in the pre feasibility study, um, which is in that you know eighteen to nineteen million dollar range. To, to to produce first concentrate. Um but beyond that, I mean it's a little tougher to to give you, you know, a lot of detail between phase 1, phase 2.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, um thanks for that. Uh I I guess I'm getting at uh, congratulations on how things are going with the public process on the permit. Um if we're able to get to a positive outcome by the end of this quarter, um with current metal prices, exchange rates, uh smelter charges, um and where we are in the status of the phase 1 to phase 2. Do you think that there's a high degree of um uh likelihood that you're going to have everything you need to make a decision? Well,
3: I, think that, of I think that I think yeah, I'm pretty uh, we're pretty confident. Um that once we get that water license, I think that we're you know we have you know enough of the pieces or or close to all of the pieces to be able to to make that decision um, for sure.
0: Okay, and um, uh, moving on, if well with uh, with what's going on with COVID and assuming that it stays the same or trends forward would that, um, you know, and you are able to get people to site and contractors and so forth, uh, would you be able to open up the mine and make a positive mine decision with the current guidance you're getting regarding COVID uh, for um, operating a mine in Yukon? Or is it, are you being held up, do you think, by something that's, uh, something locally or federally that they're going to require?
5: Well, maybe I can just give you some context, Mike, in terms of what's happening in the Yukon. Um, um, you know, th- there have been 11 cases reported in the Yukon, of which 100% of those cases have uh, have recovered. There hasn't been a hasn't been a single hospitalization uh, yet in in the Yukon. But I think, having said that, the the biggest, I guess, um, um, piece that's in place in the Yukon is is the 14-day self-isolation for employees or contractors coming in from outside the Yukon. So, um, you know, we could certainly, you know, move forward under those conditions, but it, you know, it would be, uh, it would be, you know, certainly costly and more challenging, I believe, in terms of recruitment um, and, and, and just logistics. So, um I mean I think that'll be one of the bigger decisions that we'll have in front of us whether or not those travel self isolation restrictions are still in place at the time uh, we we push the go button.
3: Yeah, well, I, I mean like I, I Yeah, I agree with that, Brad. And so just Mike just in, in in case you're also thinking that, you know, maybe there's um other protocols in terms of social distancing and other um, precautions that we have to uh, take or reports that we have to make in terms of our operating um, you know protocols, then um, I think that you know based on my observation, um, you know up to present, uh, I think that it's it's I don't think there's going to be too much of a restriction there. Our underground operations are um, for the most part fully mechanized. Um, and, uh, and certainly protocols can be put in place in the processing circuit in the mill to comply with what would, you know, what could reasonably expect, be expected from a, you know, a federal mandate or, or a, um, you know, or a territorial mandate. You're aware, of course, that there are mines operating at present time in the Yukon. So we, I think we're pretty comfortable. Um, okay. but like Brad said, that it's that travel restriction, that's the, uh, um, that's the hurdle as far as we're concerned.
0: Got it. Um, with, uh, with Brad, with regards to the ERDC, um, what kind of timing, uh, guidance could you give, uh, regarding, um, the ramp up of work there, uh, with revenues, margins and how large, how large again is the backlog?
5: Yeah. Um, in terms of ERDC, Mike, um, and just by, you know, stepping back a little bit, uh, you know, we, we have successfully completed the, the environmental assessment uh, stage of, of our closure plan. Um, so the, uh, that plan is now in the, in the hands of the, uh, of the federal government um, to issue what we call a, a, a decision document. Um, we would expect that, um, you know, certainly within the next, uh, I would think 30 days. Um, and once you have that, then, you know, we still have a water license that has to be uh, uh, amended. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know we are, you know, we, we do have approved plans for later this year. Again, dependent on, you know, some of the conversation we've just had with, with uh, some of these travel restrictions and, and, and COVID requirements, there are some, uh, I guess, early remediation projects that are scheduled later this year. But again, most of the heavy lifting starts next year with the construction of the water treatment plants and, and the and the valley tailings uh, remediation and again you know that is essentially a, a 65 to 70 million dollar construction project over the first 5 years followed by you know 30 to 40 million dollars of long term um uh, monitoring and operation of water treatment uh, plants
0: excellent um the um is the uh if covid uh, kind of uh, abates or is under control later this summer Clint do you think you might be able to add another drill are you, are you prepared and wanting to do that or are you pretty much looking at this current cutback program as uh what we might expect this year
3: No not at all I mean I think that I, I certainly feel that you know if we um you know get some encouragement um at Birmingham I think we you know we would seriously consider um, you know, putting an additional effort there. So, it's uh, it's a timing issue. Um, you know, if if we are successful early, uh, and by early I would mean you know in the August, you know September type frame, time frame, then we've got lots of time to to expand that program. Um, if it if, if if we're further delayed. This comes later, then it's less likely we're going to expand that program. So, I mean, what we're trying to sort of impart here is that we're 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 going to get the at least this 4,000, four thousand forty-two hundred meters, you know, done at at Birmingham, um, and uh, and and we're quite prepared to move on from that. It's all a matter of timing and uh, and success in the early in the early holes.
0: I, I assume that would be a single rig for that program, or am I wrong?
3: no we may run two actually um it's it's something we're still you know we're still uh you know talking about We the okay, drills are on site but it's not a big deal very good
0: great just a matter of people and and all the other hassles you're going to have and be, be flexible about um the last question um i was interested that you had a district-wide geophysical program uh the last one i think was limited to galena hill um right. but i i just would like you to talk about how you're looking at the the scope of the district i mean that's the first time outside of putting data together over the district the historic data you you're really looking at a comprehensive look at really a very large land position and i'm just wondering what the cost the type of geophysics you're doing uh what would you consider a range of outcome and what you'd consider success
3: Yeah, well, the airborne, I mean, the airborne work is a combination of, you know, mag and and electrical uh, methods. Where It's a detailed, very detailed uh, airborne program. Um, It's not inexpensive. Um, You know, the initial program uh, over Galena Hill cost us maybe $250,000. The one we've just completed, right around $300,000. And it will provide us with information to allow us to see in detail um, the various geological units um, that are present in the district, and more importantly, the detailed offset of those units, which enables us to pinpoint the structures um, that, uh, that and, and, and not only the structures, but also the orientation of them, which is important in the targeting mechanisms that uh, that we're using, so um you know the Inca discovery from last year came directly from the geophysical work this year's geophysical work uh covers uh, um you know basically flame of moth and out over keno hill so we're pretty interested in in what's going to come out of that work. We also did some further work to the to the west by the way you know back towards from uh back towards uh, silver king so um, we're pretty interested to see what's coming out of this work I mean it's been very it's it's it's, it's turned out to be quite successful. it certainly makes our exploration a lot more efficient um, and uh, and um, you know we have high hopes that uh, it's going to be a great targeting mechanism and more importantly, it allows us to look forward in the district and get a ranking of these targets that um, you know that we need looking out beyond you know the first you know, five, six, seven years of reserves and resources that we currently
0: have. Well, um, sounds like there will be no secrets about the district after this. So that should be pretty exciting. When do you expect to wrap that up?
3: Uh, the, the flying's done. The, the geophysics are done. We got it done just before lockdown. So um, as it turned out, just by coincidence, so it's, now we're just waiting for the data back uh, from the uh, from the analysts, and uh, it'll take us the balance of the summer to, uh, you know, stitch together the details that will come to the, you know, that'll be obvious from that work.
0: Great. Okay. Thank you very much, and good luck. I, I know you, you've got your work cut out for you, and um, you guys can do it. Good luck.
3: Thanks, Mike.
1: This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. Nauman for closing remarks.
3: Okay, thank you, uh, operator. Uh, before closing, um, I'd like to remind uh, people and the people that are on this call and shareholders that our annual general meeting um, will be held in a virtual-only format on June the 4th uh, this year at 1.30 Pacific. So all proxies must be received before the, June 2nd, um, at, at the same time, 1.30 p.m. So June the 2nd is the, uh, um, is when those proxies have to be in. And for instructions to join the meeting and vote your shares, you please visit the investors page at our website at alexcoresource.com. And if you have further questions, please email us at info at and just closing, just in closing, you know, I, I just reiterate that we we do have a world-class asset here. We're in a Tier One jurisdiction. We have some substantial potential to grow our existing mineral resources through continued exploration, um, and we could also which could also lead to expanded operations down the road. So I look forward to discussing our progress with you again when we report the second quarter results in August. And until then, thank you. Stay safe and have a good day. Thank you.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.